Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com, the 30 for 30 for independent artists and independent music. We are more than music. We are the best website to introduce your future favorite artists to you today. So please be sure to visit Heritage Hip Hop for merch, blogs, interview podcasts, and more. Members get exclusives and we set the table for you to come enjoy with us. So please visit HeritageHipHop.com. On today's podcast, we have someone who's been on Heritage Hip Hop before under the Blurred Hop section of Heritage Hip Hop. And Blurred Hop is us celebrating hip hop culture when it comes to anime, comic books, movies, things like that. And this gentleman took his love for comics and hip hop and he took that creative energy and made a fanzine that celebrates hip hop culture. Today, we talked to Kalani Caraballo and we talked to my man about his desire to create and the importance of giving back to a culture that gives so much to the people to enjoy it and take part in it. This is a classic interview on Heritage Hip Hop and we thank you for listening. So I'm not going to talk too much longer. I'll be back with the rest of my commentary when the interview is finished. Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. We are the 30 for 30 for independent music and independent artists, which means that you get depth, personality, and knowledge when it comes to the culture, the artists, and the craft that they have. And today, I have a person who celebrates hip hop culture by going beyond the music. You've seen him on here before, if you know the Blurred Hop comic book side of Heritage Hip Hop, but he also has print media under his belt for other things as well. Please introduce yourself to the people. What up, what up? This is Kalani, Kalani Caraballo. I am the writer and publisher of Street Dreams fanzine, which is an independent fanzine on hip hop. For those that don't know, a fanzine is a uh, DIY magazine that is centered around one subject and our subject is hip hop, so. And this is my guy right here. We, we, this is my people. So there's a lot of respect <laughs> on this call, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Shout oh yeah, to man. Him and his family, you know? I appreciate that, man, thank you. Why is, why is print media still necessary in hip hop in 2021, 2022? Uh, man, so, you know, um, it's gone away, man, as of, as of you know, years, as, as recent years due to, you know, blogs and websites and kind of uh, information being readily available, you know, through Instagram, through Twitter, through Facebook. You kind of don't need a website anymore or a blog. You could just put it out right away, you know. Then, you know, you have podcasts, so everything is existing in this kind of uh, digital world, you know, that, that, we're, that it's kind of being created now. And uh, print media is important, man, to people that are into analog, man, people that are into holding physical things, you know? I miss the times when I could go to the corner store and it was a Word Up magazine, mm-hmm. Jet magazine, Double XL, yeah. The Source, and King Magazine, for everybody know about King Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> I miss those days because holding the magazine in your hand made it feel like you actually owned something tangible that was part of the culture. Absolutely. Why is ownership being taught, but we're not taught to own the precious memories that we have of the things that we love? 
Not sure, man. You had to ask different people, man. You know, there's people that don't mind, you know, paying for air, basically. You know, people who buy physical products, man, who buy, you know, hip hop albums now. You know, you got your Apple Musics, your Spotify's, you know, different platforms like that, that you can have an album at the press of a button. You know, to me, I feel like that's, you know, when you buy an album on iTunes, you're essentially buying air. You know what I'm saying? You're not buying, you know, you're buying a file, basically. You're buying an internet file that only exists when you play it on the internet. You know, um, physical media has kind of gone out, you know, where like CDs and tapes are now kind of coming back in, as well as the vinyl. You know, um, it's coming back. You know, it has come back as of recent times. I've been collecting, recollecting tapes again. I, I do own some vinyl as well. You know, there's a lot of things, man, that, that people are just missing out on, man. I think comic books and music have so much in common. I do, too. I, I, I do. Ha- I, I have I've always said that, man, that that uh, comics and and, you know, hip hop kind of run in the same parallels because, you know, it's art. You know, first off, you know, when you do, uh, you know, when you write a comic, you know, it's like writing a rhyme. You know, when you put out the book, it, it's like putting out an album. You know what I'm saying? You go on podcasts, you know, that's like going to the radio show. You know what I'm saying? Except there ain't no freestyles to spit. You know, um, you do like pop-ups. Those are your shows. You know, you go to um, comic conventions. Those are like your shows. Those are your summer jams. Those are your big events, you know? I think it also has an award show as well, too. And there's... A- there's award shows as well as also. So it's just like your source BT awards and so on. I, I think I think all that is true, but we miss the novelty of it. Yeah. That 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 um like like for instance, I'm an avid hip hop listener. Mm-hmm. You have an avid hip hop ear as well. Yes. Yeah. You were the first person who put me on Rome Streets. Really? Wow. Yes, you are. I listened to the um Paperbacks and soundtracks podcast. Oh wow! Okay, so you so you went and listened to the DJ Muggs album and the album with Muggs. I have I have every Rome Streets album after you you, you um after you <laughs> talked about them. I got mm-hmm. every single Rome Streets album and mixtape I could find. Yo, tell me he's not comparable to like what Big L could have been, man. To me, he's like he, to me he's wow. cut from Big L's cloth. I feel like like that like if Big L was still here. He would sound like Rome Streets, man. That's what I feel like. I don't know if I have that type of affection for him yet, because mm-hmm. I grew up with Big L's music, and I'm learning this guy's this guy now. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gives me Big L vibes because he got washed on that song that album with Ransom. I, I mean, he got washed. A oh, really? Times. Yeah. I mean, Ransom's a different. That's a. That's a. I mean, come on. Ransom is is a beast, man. You know, he said it too. Like he said it on on Twitter a couple of times. I follow him on Twitter. So he's he said that there's a couple of times where he wanted to change a couple of verses, but he said, forget it. Might as well just let it rock. Okay? And that's why I, he doesn't give me big L vibes. You know what I'm saying? I can, I can understand that. I can but understand I, that to a degree. I feel like when I listen to him by himself, when it's just him and he's not like competing with like a ransom, well, just ransom. But um, I, I, I feel I get big L vibes from him just because he's just crazy with the punchlines, crazy with the metaphors, just street to the core, you know, like, that's what, like, to me, that's what I got from L, man, so. Let me ask you, what makes it, what makes hip-hop stand out to you 
that made you want to do a fanzine? And what artists do you look for to feature in it as well? All right, this is a good question. So um, I'll tell you kind of the backstory of why I, I, I'm doing the fanzine now and how it came about. So mm -hmm. back in 2017, um, Prodigy had died. Mm -hmm. So Prodigy of Mob Deep had died. So um, around the time, the day that he died, um, it kind of like set my world on fire a little bit because I had seen him a couple weeks prior at a Griselda show. Wow. He kind of, he popped out and it was in Webster Hall, but it was in the basement of Webster Hall, this show. So it was kind of tight knit. Um, he walked by me and I was like, yo, I should go get a picture with, with Prodigy. And I kind of uh, I stutter stepped a little bit. And then by the time I made by the time I made it outside, he was all the way up the block. And I was like, I'm not about to run after run after prodigy. So two weeks later, he ended up dying, he ended up passing away. But that same day that that prodigy passed away on my ride home from work, I was listening to Power 105. DJ Clue was spinning and Clue was spinning all the mob deep joints, but he was, you know, uh, spinning the deep cuts. And he played this one particular mob deep song called Young Love, which samples Prince. Mm -hmm. So I remembered a mixtape that my cousin had had owned when I was young called Mob Misses, and it was DJ J Love. So J Love had the Mob Misses mixtape, and I was like, yo, I never got to hear that, that Mob Misses mixtape. So I went looking for it like on YouTube and I went looking for it like pretty much everywhere. I ended up finding a download link for it and I paid like $5.99 for a download link to it. And from there, it just kind of uh, got me back into wanting to hear older mixtapes. So I wanted to, so like my downtime from doing the comic books, I would spend it scouring the deep, darkest depths of the internet, searching for DJ Clue mixtapes, DJ Duop mixtapes, OK Slay mixtapes. Wow. Yeah, so I just went deep diving for mixtapes, man. And from there, like, I had wanted to do, like, a podcast. And this was before, like, you know, the paperbacks. This was before, you know, that stuff. And I was looking for, like, friends of mine to see if they knew mixtapes and mixtape culture and none of my friends were really up on it wow yeah so and i have a lot of like hip-hop friends that like are hip-hop that you know they're doing things in the game they're doing things in the industry but nobody had like a, a profound knowledge of it the way i did because i was so obsessed with mixtapes back in the day i used to live on broad street and market street you know what i'm saying broad and market going to go get those mixtapes i would be on canal street i would be like all over i bought mm -hmm. mixtapes in times square man so mm -hmm. long story short man um i always wanted to interview dj doop because that was my favorite dj mm -hmm. coming up and i always had it in the back of my back of my mind that like I wanted to do something where to figure out a way that I could interview DJ Duop. And pandemic kind of happened. The pandemic happened. There were no more comic events. Comic cons were put on hold. I couldn't really pop up at comic book stores anymore. So it kind of left a void for me to do something. And then the idea came around again because I was reading these comic book fanzines. This one called Bubbles and another one called Strangers. 
So in these pages of these fanzines, they were interviewing like comic artists, comic book writers, people that had stuff going for themselves, maybe like back in the day. They had little sections where they were talking about like things they found in a dollar bin to pretty much anything. They were just talking about comic book culture. And I was like, yo, it would be dope if there was one for hip hop. And then it kind of, you know, clicked in the back of my head. I was like, yo, there's that idea that you wanted to do an interview doo-wop. Why don't you reach out? And around that time, uh, DJ Doo-Wop and Tony Touch, they did a versus. So I was like, yo, I could break that down. I could talk to Doo-Wop. I could get, I could hit people up and see what's good with some conversations. I was like, it's the pandemic. Nobody's doing anything. I was like, yo, this would be perfect. And that's where the idea for Street Dreams kind of came about. And as far as... Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I know it's hella long, man. My bad, man. I know it's like a... No, that's a dope story. I appreciate yeah. every single part of what you said. I was thinking while you were <laughs> saying it, because it's like, damn, that's just ingenious how God will make a way for something great to come out of a, a, a situation that made the world sit down. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it brings me back to the um, to the Ghostface and, uh, and Raekwon verses, and where, where Ghost said, he was like, yo, God wanted God wanted things to kind of slow down a little bit. And that's why we had the pandemic kind of. I know I'm power phrasing and I'm not saying exactly what he said, but that's kind of what I got from his message when he was talking during those verses. See, the thing I love about the fanzine that you talk about is this. Mm -hmm. It's one-on-one conversation about love of something. Let me tell Mm -hmm. you something, yo. I remember getting my first ever mixtape. It was Ron mm. G, my first Ron G mixtape. And, and it's funny because look, my brother actually knows Ron G, which is hilarious to me. And he's been featured on his mixtapes, right? Oh, wow. Who's your and brother? My brother goes by Java the Ancient One. That's his name I right now. Okay. Don't, don't worry about it. If you want his music, you'll find it. <laughs> or I'll give it okay. to you if you really want it. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. Of course. but Ron G brought out Miss Jones. We're one to be boy. And I had the biggest crush on Miss Jones ever <laughs> back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So mixtape culture was always about who's the hottest new person that the industry hasn't gotten to yet. Mm-hmm. Now, mixtape mix culture is nothing but playlist culture. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, man. So yes. let me ask you this. What do you what do you what did you like better? The mixtape culture or the playlist culture and why? I love the mixtapes, man, because I remember like scouring, like like I said, scouring market, market and broad, broad and market, uh, going everywhere, finding the new songs, you know, finding the, you know, trying to find like the new exclusive songs, trying to find unreleased gems. I always loved that, that, that particular thing about it. I loved it because you know that nobody else is hearing this right now unless they have this mixtape you know i'd like being the thing that i prided myself on was um hearing the new stuff and being up on it early i liked i like being up on it uh, on on things early you know i love knowing who ransom was before most people know who ransom is now you know just like putting you on the rome streets i like putting people on to to things man so uh, if i had to pick I definitely miss the mixtapes just because like, you know, you had these classic moments, man. Like, 
like put it this way, like Triumph, right? Inspector Deck spit his verse from Triumph on Tony Touch's uh, Power Cipher number one. So you got to hear that before it even came out. So by the time that came out, I already knew that verse because I heard it on Tony Touch. You know, like I always like, that's what I like about the, the mixtape culture. And the thing is now with these playlists is that you can get these songs yourself. You don't have like a DJ that's curating this, that's actually spit, sitting there, maybe spinning, maybe not. You're not having someone talk over it and, you know, promote somebody from the hood, or, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, them promoting a friend or promoting, you know, the, the A&R that gave them the song or something. It just, they always had character. And I think that that's what the playlist kind of lacked. I'm going to ask you a theory question since you're doing mm-hmm. a fanzine. I think somebody's going to probably bite your fanzine and try to make it an industry. I really do. Because that's what hip-hop does. Hip-hop is very... Everybody says they want to be original, but it's a very copycat league, just like the NFL. Absolutely. And I want to ask you this. Just like Playlist is the evolution or devolving of the mixtape, do you think the fanzine is the evolution of the blog? Hmm. I mean, that's a good question. I, I think, you know, um, if, put it this way, if it wasn't printed, if my fanzine wasn't printed, it would be a dope block. So I, I could see it definitely being an evolution. As far as magazines, man, there's people that still do magazines. You know, there's not, it's like, you know, the source in XXL, they still print, they print quarterly, you know, but people are still, you know, there's still Feds Magazine. There's still other underground magazines as well. You know what I'm saying? There, it, it, King Magazine is still a thing, you know? Like, not even, no, no. What, it's not King anymore. It's K-Slay has it now. It's like straight stunting, where he still has the chicks with the, with the big booties and all of that. <laughs> so, you know, so people are still, you know, doing magazines. It's just now that you could pay to get in. With street dreams, you gotta to me, artists have to earn that. There isn't a thing where you could just pay it, pay for it. And that's the thing that that I noticed. Like, like even when I was an artist back in the day, you know, you could pay to get in magazines. I mean, you could have paid to get into the source. You know, like you could pay your way into a lot of things. Where my fanzine's a little different. I'm not charging people to be in it. I'm charging people to read the content, but I'm not charging no one to physically be in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the thing about the love of the game that makes it mm-hmm. um, transparent. Is that when you yes. really enjoy something and you, and you show people how much you enjoy their content, a relationship is built. Absolutely. How do you build a relationship with the public through a fanzine different than you build it with a comic book besides content? Um I mean, that's a good question. I mean, the comic books, it's a, it's a little different. I feel like with comic books, if you're not giving somebody something that they know, you know, or they're familiar with, they're not buying it. But with a magazine like Street Dreams, I'm giving you guys that are currently doing something, you know. So if you're deep into the culture and if you're deep into this underground hip hop, if you're deep into hip hop and 
you know, you're, you know, you're on your Instagram, you're listening to the new guys. If you're into that kind of thing, then that's kind of how it sells. It, the content has to be dope, you know? And I think that that's what, it, what stands out about Street Dreams is just that, is that the content is curated, it's dope. It's not something that, you know, it isn't like store-bought. It's like, it, it, it's, it's just genuine, you know? It's just a, like, there's just, you know, me just genuinely listening to these guys and genuinely being a fan and picking the right uh, artist to be in it, you know? So talk about the fanzine. You have three issues out right now, right? I have four, actually. Four, okay. Let me go back to my notes. You have four mm-hmm. issues of the fanzine out. The first one that I saw, I love the cover. It was a, a tape like in a museum behind the road. Talk to me yeah. about that cover and what did it mean to you and why is it significant? Okay, so the first issue was dedicated strictly to mixtape culture. So every interview that's in there is a DJ. So I interviewed Jay Arms, you know, the instrumental, the instrumental king. You know, um, I interviewed DJ P. Cutter, who came out with the classic Street Wars series which was a mixtape, which was the first mixtape of mixtapes. You know what I mean? None of the songs were ever given to him. He took them from other mixtapes and created mixtapes like that. And it was all the disc records. Um, I had DJ Butter from Detroit, who's, you know, DJ for Proof, has, uh, you know, done things with with Eminem, Royce, all these guys, you know. Um, Had DJ Doo-Wop in it, which was the, the main interview that I wanted. As far as the cover, it was that tape cover was to show you that everything that's in this magazine is about mixtapes. Every article in that magazine, in that specific issue, was about mixtapes and mixtape culture. You know, so I had interviewed like Ito. I don't know if you ever heard of Ito from Rochester, New York. I had him in there breaking down his five favorite mixtapes. Um, you know, I reached out to some podcast guys that I know, some other artists that I know, and was just trying to get everybody's take on mixtapes. And it was funny because most people may have forgotten things. It made people dig. It made people go back and listen. And I think that that's what I love about that specific um, issue was just that I was able to put forth that love that I have for mixtape culture. And through that, you know, I was able to you know, through that specific issue, um, it got added to the Cornell Hip Hop uni- uh, Hip Hop no Cornell University's Hip Hop collection. So in that collection, you know, my magazine is is in there with African Bibadas equipment, um, different record collections. It's just like it was just crazy that that cover to me it reminded me of like uh, the New Yorker. Like I looked at it as like the Hip Hop New Yorker magazine. Yeah, you know, that's what I thought of it as when I saw that cover. I think the first ep- issue of your magazine, a fanzine, is a classic because yeah. even how the art goes with the story, you're right. You have four. I didn't see the fourth one. Um, the second uh, issue, you have like a crate with records on it, but it's built like a temple. Uh, That's yeah, really so, deep. Talk about that. Yeah. So that wasn't me. Like, I'm not drawing these covers. So the first cover was done by by Dave Proach, who's a, a Philadelphia-based artist that I had met in my travels. 
The second cover is done by uh, PQ Design, who's done a lot of covers for a lot of new guys. Like Rome Streets has some stuff done. I think Ransom has has some stuff. A lot of like the newer guys go to uh, PQ Design for their covers, especially for covers like tape art. Um, and I I didn't look at it as more of a crate. I looked at it as kind of like a jukebox machine. To me, it looks like a jukebox machine with the CD or like the record going into it. That's what it kind of that's what I saw it as, but it has like a mosaic to it because that was like the style that that um he was drawing in. Because there's a inside the magazine, I did an interview with Shay Noir from Buffalo and um who's just a crazy spitter who's just phenomenal. And um he drew her, he drew her face and it was like in a mosaic style. It was just crazy, man. That that cover, I don't know, it's like art is up for like interpretation, you know what I mean. So like you see it as a crate, I see it as a jukebox machine, but you know. That, that's that's the eloquence of art. Yo, yeah. I want to get connected with Shay Noir. You holding back? I want to get. I want her. <laughs> I, want, I want her heritage hip hop, and I also want to connect with her for real on some um some artistic integrity type stuff. But yeah, Street, man. Street Dreams Volume Three, Flowers for the Dead. Yeah. Talk about that. So man. Uh, that was a that was a, a crazy one because when I first started working on the magazine, that magazine um, it took some time to get to to kind of do. So I had started it in 2020 after issue three was done, and then it slowly progressed, man. So you know the first person that that passed away was MF Doom. So originally the cover was just going to be MF Doom. Then. Um, then Black Rob passed away. Then after Black Rob, Shock G passed away. Then DMX passed away. And I was like, damn, yo, so many people passed away. I was like, this cover can't just be um, just MF Doom, who's one of my favorite artists as well. Um, well, all those guys on, the, on that cover have, you know, songs on, on, on the soundtrack to my life, you know? But um, I had reached out to a, around, actually around the time that I did Street Dreams one when I put it out, an artist had kind of seen my grind from the comic books and seen me doing this new venture, which was Street Dreams. And his name is uh, Chad Cavanaugh from Cali. Uh, I think he's from San Francisco. Um, he does. He was doing a lot of these like red red pencil drawings, which is what he did on the cover. So he was doing them of artists, of people. Like he would just do these these. He called them the unauthorized red pencil portraits. So. When it came time for the cover, I just hit him up. I was like, yo, um, I want to do a Doom cover. And then, you know, he was like, yeah, I'm down to do the Doom cover. And then after that, that's when, you know, Black Rob passed away, shot, and then DMX. I was like, yo, um, since the original inception of the idea, four other artists passed away, can you do, you know, four, you know, these four heads as well? And he was like, absolutely. So, it came out a little after um, DMX passed away. So I was like, I just wanted to just make a piece to just, you know, give tribute to these artists and just, you know, let hip hop know that, you know, that was Street Dreams giving them their flowers. You know? The fourth issue is true to my heart. Because mm -hmm. all the album covers on the floor, man, yeah, <laughs> what the album, Nori, Chronic, and so many others. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, a young man reading the magazine, 
Yeah. <laughs> with Biz Marquis and MF Doom on his wall. Mm-hmm. But a nuclear bomb is going on outside. Mm-hmm. Talk about that cover and translate it for us. All right, man. So to be honest, man, with Street Dreams, man, a lot of uh, people just, you know, hit me up all the time trying to get their art out. And the person that 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 drew this cover, he was a uh, he was an avid, you know, fan of Street Dreams. And he hit me up. He was like, yo. I have this cover idea. I think I think you'll like it. He's like, "Are you? would you take a submission for the cover? I was like, sure, you know, um, let me see it. So he was like, yo, I'm going to color it, then I'm going to send it to you. So he's like, yo, you ready to see this cover? Sent me the cover over, and immediately I was floored by it because, you know, all those albums – that are on the floor, like I could tell you the big pun, capital punishment, Nas, it was written, you know, uh, the beat nuts, I do see Red Man, Rock Marcy is in there, the Grave Diggers, you see Cameron, you see Mob Deep, Lost Boys, Sean Price, you know, Razkaz, um, trying to see who else was in there, like the Alcoholics is in there, you see uh, Tribe Called Quest, Ghostface is in there. These are all albums that I currently listen to slash grew up on and like i said i had no no say or anything in what albums went in there what anything went on in this cover i just approved it you know so the person reading the book a lot of people have been like oh yo that's you and the funny thing is i asked the artist if that was me he was like nah he's like nah but we could say it is so that kind of made me laugh but um as far as the nuclear bomb going off is just hey man he's just reading it as the world is ending outside of his house he's you know experiencing the culture you see the the vine you know the record player the big speakers you know he's just he, it looks like he's rocking some polo you know wearing the air forces wearing the uptowns you know he's just he just looks like a guy that's just you know in love with the culture just like we are you know yeah, I thought it was a throwback um, tribute to Prodigy. Actually, it's a war going on outside. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's just it's yeah. a dope cover. It's a dope. <laughs> Absolutely, cover. absolutely, right. man. Like when I saw it, I was floored by it. It's to the point that you know I didn't even use the the Street Dreams font that I use on it. I let he did that. I was like, yo, that's incredible. Like, yeah. and it's the cover that 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 people, you know, people were attracted to the issue one cover, the issue two cover. You know, most people, I guess, didn't really understand what was going on in the in the picture. Then, you know, Street Dreams 3, people were really attracted to that cover. We also printed up a T-shirt, and mm-hmm. those things sold like hotcakes. People went nuts for those. And then, you know, Street Dreams 4, I was a little worried about it because, because the cover, because it's so, like, it's so dope, but it's so, like, I don't know if it was just, I thought it was just dope to me. But I didn't know how people were gonna feel about it, man. And when, when I put it out and I put out the cover, it, it was the best-selling issue, the best-selling new issue besides the issue one. Uh, issue four was the one that between issue one, three, and four were the were the best-selling ones that people just flocked to. And this one happens to be the cover that everybody is excited about and talks about. It's attractive. It's very, very well done. I, I love the art on this one. Like, I actually want to download it and put it on, on Heritage Hip Hop to support you because yeah, 
That is dope. And the artist too. Salute to the artist. Yeah, man. It's, it's a dude this. from it's a dude from uh Bloomfield named Shane Nazarian. Uh he's on uh Instagram as Angst for Memories. He's really dope, man. And um I'm thinking about doing some comic strips in, in, in the magazine. And um, you know, I think I'm gonna reach out to him, man. I think he's gonna be a frequent collaborator for sure. The evolution of hip hop is going into the mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I did an interview with DJ Yella and I asked him mm-hmm. straight how the Compton influenced Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Because one of the iconic scenes from the 100 Miles of Running video is in the damn game. Also, mm-hmm. one of the scenes from the Straight Outta Compton movie actually is from the damn game. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like NWA has influenced the culture in such a way that it bleeds into everything. Mm-hmm. Where have you seen hip hop bleed into that surprises you to this day that you still can't get over? Um, I mean, yo, hip hop is blended into everything, dude. Is it? I think I believe so. Hmm. I, I mean, hip hop is the biggest music genre right now. Mm-hmm. You know, hip hop has become pop music now. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's sad to say this thing that you know started in the Bronx, you know, is now considered pop music now you know you got everybody doing songs with rappers singers you got like you know taylor swift had kick uh kendrick lamar on, on a song um dua lipa had the baby on a record you know like hip-hop is I, I think has you know it's blended into fashion it's blended into really everything video games to the point that if you play san andreas there's hip-hop stations that you could tune to in the car you know, I think hip hop is, you know, think about um, NBA Live, you know, NBA Live has has hip hop music on the soundtracks. And, you know, there's even ar- artists are in those games, too, as playable characters. You know, I feel like hip hop has kind of um, graduated into kind of being, you know, American culture, basically, you know, if you think about it. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. But one thing about hip hop that it doesn't do, it's 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 everywhere, no doubt. But its mm-hmm. impact isn't everywhere yet. You think so? I, I, how many I, I, rappers? Kinda... How many rappers are selling cryptocurrency to the inner city children to make sure they have something? Well, that's the thing. See, like, like I know artists now that are kind of talking about crypto. I mean, the first time I ever heard Ethereum was was through a uh, an artist that I interviewed called uh, his name is uh, Josiah the Gift. He's mm-hmm. based out of East Orange, mm-hmm. and he was talking about you know wanting to make an NFT or is in the process of releasing an NFT. You know, um, you got like you know Big Pun has an NFT out. Uh, I think Nas does as well. A lot of guys are jumping into the NFTs. I know they're not necessary. I think um, Nas also bought something in Bitcoin. I think I know he one of his businesses is through a, a is a Bitcoin, um, you know, coin that he bought as well, bought himself into as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not. I, I wouldn't say it's a popular subject, but people are definitely hip to Bitcoin, and people are talking about Bitcoin for sure. Well, money is always going to be a conversation because our country's so fucked up. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And also, man, not to cut you off, man, but the first time I ever heard Bitcoin about Bitcoin was in a hip hop movie. I was just oh. talking about this today. Um, there's a movie out. Um, 
I know you watched the Wu Tang Saga, right? Mm-hmm. The guy that the the guy that plays Raekwon. Mm-hmm. The first Shamar time Moore. I ever heard, yeah, Shamar Moore. So the first time I ever heard of for, the first time I ever heard heard of Bitcoin was in a movie that he was in with with ASAP Rocky. And I can't think of the name right now, but he was playing a drug dealer, uh, like a weed dealer that was getting paid in Bitcoin. And that was the first time I ever heard about Bitcoin. And that movie came out like. I want to say maybe 2016 or so, 2017 ish. I got to get the name of it, but that's the first time I ever heard Bitcoin. Yeah. Imagine if we could have put the money in back then. Yeah. That would have been amazing, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, do you have any Bitcoin? No. No. Yeah, I got. Uh, I, I did. I did invest into some Bitcoin recently. I don't have the money for it. Like I'm looking to. Get uh, my, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking to get my. I want. I want the whole. Investment, mm-hmm. not the piece of investment. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you this because the fanzine is gonna be a very important moniker in hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna I'm I'm kind of wait to the rapid fire questions to ask you some of the stuff I got. But being okay. that the fanzine is gonna be a moniker in hip hop, what is the goal of it to keep it long lasting, not just a notch under your belt of creation? Um man, um I, I, I get this question a lot, man. And the goal for me to be honest is just to have fun, man, and really just talk about the art, man, and really just put a spotlight on guys that I think deserve it, you know, and to interview um people that are currently making some of the best music that's come out in a while, you know. It's there is no I, I it's the one thing that that I'm not trying to get rich off of it. You know, I didn't come into it with hopes of being the richest person in the world through this. I just wanted to talk about hip hop. So my goal is if I could just keep putting a spotlight on artists and it'd be a thing where it's like kind of like Stretch and Bobbito, you know, something like that, where it could be something that's just classic and heralded, you know, heralded as a cat as a classic thing then that's what i want it to be there is no i don't have a real end goal and i haven't thought of one i just want to just make a magazine and you know keep it going as much as possible and hopefully put people onto things that maybe they haven't heard or you know should be here so let's have a journalistic conversation before we close out okay journalistically speaking where is hip hop today to you, and how does your magazine carry it and keep it alive? Hmm. To me, man, I think hip hop is in a great place. Actually, I have no complaints when it comes to to hip hop. You know, um, I'm not really crazy into mainstream, but I still listen to to a lot of it. You know, but I think that that hip hop has these kind of lanes now where you can gauge what you want to listen to. You can, you know, through like playlists, through, you know, uh, you know, the different uh, music platforms that, that we all listen to, you know, we're able to tune out things and things don't have to exist. You know, we're able to listen to, if we want to hear, you know, street raps, you know, we know who to go to, you know, we know where to listen to it. We know where to find it. You know, we're able to tune out the things that are bad. So I think that hip hop's in a great place. As far as us upholding hip hop, 
I mean, Street Dreams, I, I always I always tell people, you know, our, our new moniker is, our new tagline is, you know, if you read the, you get issue four and you read the back of it, our tagline is culture never dies. So in this magazine, you're not going to see people with purple hair. You're not going to see people with rainbow hair. You know, everything that's spoken about in here is things that I feel represent hip hop. And I'm doing my best to make sure that there is no fugaziness in this magazine. Everything in here is strictly hip hop. It's, you know, I love the lyrical miracle stuff, you know, I like dance music. I like all of it, but the stuff that goes in here is just stuff that I feel needs to spotlight, like I said. So we're doing our best to keep hip hop alive, but it really depends on the culture itself, you know? And we're doing our best to make sure that, you know, we spotlight great artists and people that deserve it and people that are doing things within the culture. A salute to you for it, because I am 100% behind this creation. And I want to talk to you about doing more with it in the future, if possible. Absolutely. Man. And um, more importantly, you're holding the underdogs of the culture into the light because the mixtape DJ is a forgotten DJ. Yeah. Especially nowadays where everybody calls themselves DJs and y'all not just because y'all make playlists and y'all got Serato to make you a DJ. In my yeah, opinion. <laughs> but you, the mixtape DJ held the culture down. And, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, I hate to say it, the mixtape also killed a lot of the culture as well. And yeah, that's something I mean, for that's something for another conversation. Nah, that's about your That's something for another conversation. Because everybody blames Fifty Cent for changing the game with the mixtape culture, but Fifty Cent yeah, killed the culture. Yeah, because guys were putting out tapes without having to get DJs to host them and scratch them. I understand that. Man, I believe with that. that. It sped the game up <laughs> and it made the three sixty deal prevalent. Since people yeah. tried to use the mixtapes as albums, so absolutely. Because yeah. now, now you see the mixtapes on the the streaming services. Yeah, you know what? I feel like the first person that made an album out of mixtapes that I heard of, at least, I thought Ransom was the first one to do that, where he did a whole street album. He, did, he had a, a, a mixtape called uh, "Pain, Time, and Glory," mm -hmm. and that to me was the first mixtape that I heard that wasn't on that was on original beats that didn't have a DJ screaming on it. It was a straight album to me. That was the first person I ever heard. But a lot of people did that though. You know, like you had Mob Deep that that, that did uh, the Free Agents mixtape and they did it through Koch. And I think, I think the person that did that, that did those mixtape albums, it shouldn't, I shouldn't blame Ransom. It's Dipset because they were the ones that were doing those deals on Koch. So to me, it was Koch that did those that did those mixtape albums that that people were releasing, man. That's Koch Records, man. And you're like your Land Speed Records and and those things, man. And we could blame so many people behind it. So absolutely, y'all hey, messed <laughs> up the game, man. So yeah. with that being said, everybody, this is Karev of Heritage Hip Hop Channel with my man Kalani Carabato of Street Dreams Fanzine. Mm -hmm. A new moniker in hip hop that you need to take advantage of. Give them your social media and how they can get the magazine, the fanzine. Sorry. Yep. Uh, so on Instagram, it's at Street Dreams Fanzine. 
It's just the way it sounds. Um, you can buy the magazine on streetdreamsfanzine.bigcartel. The link is in our bio. Um, we do sell digital copies of them as well. You're not into, you know, holding holding physical goods. So all issues are available. We also release a mixtape with them. So, you know, I'm kind of a mixtape DJ now, man. <laughs> Yo, that's dope. <laughs> but I don't scratch. I don't scratch <laughs> it up there, man. I just, throw, I just throw drops in there, man. But not. <laughs> that's dope. Look, man. Hey, that, that's an extension of your love for the culture, and I appreciate it. Yeah. So with that yeah, being man. said, it's time for the rapid fire questions. You ready for that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. He's been on here for comic books. Now we get to hear his version of the rapid fire questions as a media journalist. The rapid fire questions are not yes, no questions. These are questions gauged and based upon his knowledge of the culture himself and the craft that he's in. Ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. What made, what made um, the mixtape evolve? Was it the mix CD or the new voices from upcoming DJs that no one heard before in your opinion? My opinion that made them prevalent. Well, made them I would think. Yeah. I would think the upcoming mixtape DJs, man, people that wanted to come in the culture and felt like they could change the game, man. That's usually how how it starts, man. Most people feel that they can throw their hat in the in the ring and compete. So I would think it's definitely the the new up and coming mixtape DJs for sure. One of my favorite mixtape uh, memories is hearing Evil Streets remix with Onyx and Method Man. Oh, wow. What, what song did you hear on a mixtape that made you go bananas because it was not out on any other tape or official album before? Hmm, I would have to think Dead Prez. Uh, the Onyx and Dead Prez uh, Last Days remix. Okay. Yeah. And that was on um, that was on Dead Prez's mixtape, Turn Off the Radio Volume 2. That, mm. that sticky verse is always a classic to me, man. Mm, mm, okay, okay. Like I said, everybody, it's about culture right now. Yeah. If there was a mixtape that you think could come out today and change the world, what would it be? Ours. <laughs> I hate to be cocky, man, but no, I think our tapes, our tapes are the best, man. We're taking all the new stuff. I'm giving you guys new artists to listen to, man. You know, I'm sprinkling in them in between, you know, your current favorites, man. So I would think ours, we do our, you know, our due diligence and we do the best, man, to make sure that we put out a dope product, man. I mean, my product travels from from Silver Lake, New Jersey, all the way to all the way to Japan, man. So <laughs> salute. So everybody on Heritage Hip Hop, you hear about my wonderful playlist. Y'all should try to get on his as well. Network and build relationships. That's what it's all about. Uh, my next question is this. What's the best mixtape you ever heard that you would put up there as a classic album? Not a mixtape. DJ Duop's 95 Live. That was one Live. of the greatest mixtapes ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah man. That's I remember. My... Oh, man. Yeah, man. You got it still? Uh, yeah, man. Let me tell you. So, Shout out to DJ Duop who sells all his mixtapes on one flash drive. For $90 this is, probably or more, isn't it? Nah, man. This was only $50. $50? It is worth it. It is up. worth it. It is worth it. Yeah, man. I remember 95 it. Live, man. 95 I, Live. 
You you are you from the era of Union Market? Nah, I don't remember Union Market. So check this out, Union Market. You know where uh, Springfield Avenue, where um, Home Depot is. Yeah, that used to be Union Market, right? Mm-hmm. Union Market was our flea market for everything. Yeah, that's in New Jersey. That's when Mortal Kombat first came out. Oh wow! If you really? think I'm lying? Do your history, everybody, because Mortal Kombat was big in Willowbrook Mall, Union Market, and downtown North. Anywhere else, yeah. I don't even know if Eight on the Break existed yet. <laughs> all right, for real. <laughs> and when we went to Union Market, right? Union Market had the banging Chinese food and baked potatoes. It was a comic book collector's dream. But if you like mm. mixtapes, that's when you had the mixtapes with the orange covers, the blue covers, the white covers, the red covers, mm. and rainbows. And that's where we first got that mixtape. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Taking that to school, man, burn me a copy, son. Let me get one of those. Done. Yo, 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 let me get one of man. 95 yeah, man. Live I, was I mean, crazy. I mean, man, like, I, I always tell this story to people, man. When I was in high school was when uh, Get Rich or Die Trying came out. Okay. And, man, that came out my freshman year, man. Yo, because of 50, I, I ate lunch for, like, two weeks off the strength of selling those, selling that album for, for <laughs> and selling that album in my gym class to people because I was able to get it early, man. <laughs> look, hey, man, you do what you got to do. And, look, let me tell you yeah. something. Mixtape culture, it was exciting because, it was who you were battle who had the newest songs that nobody heard. Mm-hmm. Mixtape yep. culture. All right, what was what was more exciting to you? Mixtape culture or recording songs off the radio to have the newest song? Oh man. Um see man, because I come from that era too, man. But I would say the mixtapes because it made it easier because back in the day, man, they weren't playing the same song. 15 times a day so if you missed the song before you could hit record with the tape it was a wrap it was gone you would have to wait hours on end to do that and mixtape culture i think mixtapes made it easy for that man you know how long man, put it this way i can tell you a song that that i remember having to wait so long to hear man that no pigeons by by sporty thieves <laughs> man when that came out man i wanted the tapes i wanted that on tape so bad <laughs> man that i would miss it every time yo know, miss it every time and there's only and one time i remember a friend of mine recorded it for me and they handed me a black tape a black maxwell tape and they were like here yo because you've been waiting for this and i put it on and it was no pigeons yo respect <laughs> to you that, that's a great story <laughs> I'm going to co-sign you. You know what song I heard? Do you remember when we ride on our enemies from Fat Joe? Yeah. Do you know that song came out three to four years before it came out printed? Mm-hmm. K-Slay played the song one time. I, yeah, I do you one better, man. Remember, you know, you know, Lean Back? Yeah. But Fat Joe? Yeah. Fat Joe had did that whole, those, those verses... He had recorded them on G Unit's "My Buddy" instrumental, and he and I had those. I had the I had that on a case lay tape. Now I'll never forget it because I had it on a case lay tape. It was Drama Hour Nine and Part Nine, and I remember it. I was like, "Yo, this!" I was remember thinking it was so crazy because he was going at home talking about the Rucker, and it was to the point that by the time Lean Back came out, I already knew those verses already. 
And people were like, yo, how do you know this so fast? I was like, yo, he spit that freestyle on, on DJ K Slay's tape. Yeah, yeah. I used to wow. play them back to back. Yeah, man. Like that's how deep it goes. That's how that's how deep it goes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just goes to show you how how dope the mixtapes brought the culture forward, how 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 they did it and mm-hmm. how exciting it is. And that's why I love your fanzine because you taking the niche of the mixtape culture is something most people don't even have the balls to do. Because mm-hmm. no one's gonna dig, excuse me, and find mixtape DJs who are obscure nowadays. Yeah. The simple fact that you're finding obscure DJs and giving them the chance to tell their story, I salute you. I can't wait yeah, to see, I can't wait to see who else you have in your bag. Cause I know a lot of mixtape DJs by mm-hmm. name, but I never knew them to talk to them or get their story. So I appreciate yeah. you for doing that. That's that's just eloquent, dope. Yeah, man. I might have to because uh, I did that only for like issue one, mm-hmm. so I might have to bring that concept back, man, and do it again and get a whole round of people because I missed out on some. Like I hit up, I hit up Ron G, and I spoke to Ron G about it, and he was like, "I was like, yo, I want to interview you for this magazine," and he was like, "All right, man, send me a copy." <laughs> I was like, yo, no, this is the it was first, tangible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yo, this is the first one. I was like, I don't have any copies yet, but I can show you like what I got so far. But never heard from him. <laughs> no, no, you know why? You know why I know that's a spiritual test. Look, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come up with ideas, but a lot of people are not consistently building on ideas. Absolutely. So he's asking you for consistency to see if you're real or not on some bullshit. Absolutely. No, and I respected that. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. I mean, look, look at where you at right now. Come to him right now. Like, no, I want to see one. Like, nigga, I got four. Yeah, what? I got a and, and a t-shirt. Gotta... <laughs> Matter of fact, you can have his t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I gotta I gotta try that for sure, man. But no, I definitely want to, yeah. I definitely want to like I've been interviewing a lot of good people, man. Like this past issue, man. You know, um, I had to like figure out ways of more ways of getting, you know more people in it and so i created like a um a section in the magazine called back to the grill again where i interview um elder sensei i, yep, I interviewed elder <laughs> sensei for issue four about mm-hmm. the unusual in the last issue issue three i interviewed cuban link so that's how i kicked it off i interviewed cuban link about his album 24k that and never came out that only existed on the bootlegs man so yep fact i'm trying I'm, I'm working on some i'm working on someone for the next one for sure man that I think it'll be dope, man. So I'm looking for ways to get legends in there. I got a section called uh, "Watch Out Now," which is a tribute to to uh, the Beat Nuts. Yeah. Yep. So with the Beat Nuts thing, so um, that's how I interview like up and comers, like guys that are maybe not like as established as like an Elder Sensei or you know, or like an Ido or these guys. So that's how I got like Fat Boy Sharif in there. You know, I'm interviewing a lot of like really dope people, man. Like it's this is something dope, man. I didn't think I, 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 you know, I do this, so it's me creating it. So I don't get the the excitement as as everybody else does, unfortunately. But it is exciting to do, you know, because I I know that we're doing something different from what everybody else is doing. Facts and salute. We got Appreciate three that. more three more questions, and then we're gonna fade off on this one. All right. Let's do it. Next question, which is a very big question. Okay. What side of hip hop 
does your magazine enhance besides the mixtapes that will make people look into the other parts of the culture besides the mixtape culture itself? Well, that's the thing, man. You know, I tell people all the time that the first issue is the only one that's strictly dedicated to the mixtape culture. Mm-hmm. Every other issue past issue one has been kind of a mixed bag of, you know, different artists. Like we've had terminology in there. We've had um, Josiah to give. I have Esoteric of Zarface, you know, your Cuban links, your El Desenses, you know, um, I'm giving you pretty much like the independent side of hip hop. I'm giving you the new independent hustlers that are coming out. I'm giving you, you know, the new guys, the, the you know, the underdogs, really. So that's really, to me, that's the the, the spotlight that we're kind of casting on everybody is, you know, the people that you may have never heard of and the people that you should hear of. Because a lot of these guys are making dope hip hop, man. So to me, it's just, I, I look for people that are just on their grind independently, you know, people that are moving, you know, physical product, that are releasing cassettes, that are, you know, releasing vinyl, they're releasing CDs, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what we're we're enhancing the most is just the underground. But at the same time, we're giving you the underground. We're giving you the past. We're giving you the you know the present in terms of what's going on on the underground or what's going on in the independent scene. Like I said, there is no. You're not gonna read about like Little Dirk in here. You know, you're not gonna read about like, you know, like guys like that. Unfortunately. You know, but it's real hip hop. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's people that like, like, yo, like when I released the first magazine, man, Universal Records contacted me about putting people in the magazine. That's dope. You know, it's it's captured people's attention. The problem with with that was they wanted to see numbers. And I'm like, this is the first issue. And they were trying to give me, you know, they they were starting a um like a line of, 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 it was like a thing, I think like a 25 and under kind of, kind of thing that they were promoting. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, man, the people that read this magazine are older. They're, you know, it's really 25 and up that, that are reading it, maybe even a little older than that, you know? So it's, it's people that, that, you know, um, people that, like I said, that the people that, that, read street dreams that support street dreams also are the ones that are buying new artists vinyls releases and cassettes and you know cds these aren't people that are just you know they're supporting artists by buying merch you know they're not like commercialized because this magazine isn't commercial at all you know and that's the essence of what the culture is absolutely so second to last question Give me five artists people need to look forward to. Not only, not saying that they're going to be in your magazine, but because you think people are, if they love the culture, should listen to these five new artists or, or artists that they mm. may not know of. Boom. So I'll give you Josiah the Gift. Mm-hmm. He's an artist based out of uh, East Orange, by the way, by way of Brooklyn. He has an album called Iron Mike. You can find it on Apple Music and Spotify. Listen to him. There's a, let's see, um, trying to think who else, man. There's there's a new camp that's coming up called The Umbrella. There's an artist, they're like, they're 
a whole coalition, basically, man. They got Mickey Diamond from Detroit. They got um, Pro Dillinger. He's from upstate New York. Uh, there's more as well, man. Josiah to give is also a part of them. Uh, let's see. There's Ty Farris from Detroit, who's really dope, who's, who's a crazy spitter. Um, you know, Rashid Chappelle from Passaic, New Jersey. You know, that's a guy that people should be listening to as well. Primo spins him all the time. Um, who else? Man? Radimus. There's, you know, Shay Noir, you know. I think I've listened a little bit more than five, but yeah, man, just it's good. Yeah, there's a lot of great artists out there, man. A lot of guys that are coming up, like Fat Boy Sharif is another one. That's another one that I'm hugely has my support that I'm behind every step of the way. <laughs> yeah, Don D. Love's Children was nominated for the Heritage Hip Hop Award. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That was, that Who won that year? Was that D. Bridges that won? No, um, the main one. And it was, remember, remember, it was the main one, it was the COVID one because people pushed the albums back and I wanted to include them. Uh-huh. The main one was Real Is Promised, the alumni album. Okay. And the other one was Jay, Jay Wonder for his album, um, Young, Y-O-U, mm-hmm. G, You and God. Okay. Those are the two that yeah. were. But Fatboy Shreve got a lot of love off that album. They were like, yo, this is bananas. Like, this is a classic. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, yeah Fatboy Shreve's one of my a- favorites. Yeah, he's one of my favorites too, man. I think he's out of Jersey. The guy that yep. that really has a chance to really do some damage in this game, I think is him because nobody rhymes like him. He has his own style. He has his own way of doing things. His videos are way different. They're nobody. He's not just standing in front of, you know, um, graffiti art and rapping. Like he's giving you a visual. He's giving you like you know, a peek into his mind. I don't think a lot of artists are doing that nowadays, man. And I think he's the one that's really going to really change things because he's just too dope. He's way too dope. Fact. That's a guy, that's a guy that, like I said, I love him like a brother, man. Like, 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 yo, God can strike me down right now, man. I believe he's going to win. He's really destined to win because ain't nobody doing it like him. I don't feel that way. Yeah, that's how I feel, man. Yeah. That's a guy I'll take I'll take a bullet for that dude, man. That's how much I love him, bro. Like that's how much like like, like I really love that dude, man. Like yeah, support to him. Like I said, y'all don't know who Fat Boy Sharif is. Check out Gandhi Loves Children. You could go to heritagehiphop.com and click on the award links, which is still up. Go click on see the stream, but I actually got you buy it on Bandcamp. And also yeah. check out his first album, solo album Ape Twin. Yeah, right that's a dope so one that, too. That was that was great. Yeah. Too short, yeah. man. Too short, man. <laughs> Damn. It was a good one. Yeah, I got Gandhi Love's Children on tape, man. I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah man. You yeah, got the deluxe? Like... Nah, because you know what? The deluxe, he, he didn't. It was only digital, man. But I'm about to show you right now. Hold up, man. Also, man, another group that's really dope, too, man. Arm and Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah, you man. go. You gotta... That's it right there. Yeah, you gotta listen to Arm and Hammer. They just put out a, a album with with Alchemist, man. That that are really they're really dope too. Arm into Arm and Hammer. I think I have it. Yeah, they're dope. They're dope too, man. Digital, into that I think eclectic, I had the digital, yeah. Yeah, if you're into that eclectic sound, man, those are those guys are really dope too, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I focus on New Jersey and underground. Yeah, stuff, yeah, so nah, that's whatever dope, you yeah. have, always yeah. share, and I'll give you what I have too, of course. Bro, but you I'm don't got you. D Bridges. 
And that's yeah. one of the best albums that have come out this year so far. I gotta check it out, man. You mess with yeah. um, Billion Man Rebellion, right? Nah, man, you gotta send me some people. Man. You gotta, hey, send, yo, me some, you gotta send me some people. But listen, <laughs> Same man, to you. But yeah. Listen, man. Listen, man. Listen to Josiah the Gift, mm-hmm. Iron Mike. I know that listen, name. Listen. I'm telling you, I know that name. Yeah. Let me, let me see I'm him telling. real quick. I know that name. Yeah. Yeah, man. I got the album. <laughs> yeah, show me to it. Show it to me. I'll show it to you right now. Hold up, man. I got a whole bunch of CDs right here, man. Pardon me, man. Right here, man. This is the this is the album right here. I have seen that before. Yeah, man. I this haven't dude. heard it though. Listen to that album, man. My God, that guy is incredible. <laughs> okay. That is one of that is one of my favorites coming out of Jersey, man. It's just crazy because he's like transplant basically. <laughs> but he's based out of like East Orange and Okay, I'm. A, I've already marked it. I marked it on my title. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah. If I if I like it, if I like it, and he got a new one called Remain Raw. Yeah, that's his new one, and I think he got something coming real soon. Another album too coming out real soon. Well, check this out. Yeah. If I if if it's something I like, I'm gonna get both his albums on the strength for you, like I did Rome Streets. I got like 13 albums or something from Rome Streets. <laughs> I got the whole discography I could find, yo, which is crazy. Yeah, that guy's incredible. Man. But I'm a, I'm gonna rock with incredible. that on the strength for you. Plus, you got Mike Tyson on the cover. That's my favorite boxer. So, you already yeah, know. yeah. Oh yeah, man. Then you'll like that Iron Mike album. That shit sounds like it sounds like 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 a dude that's just. He sounds like like a young Mike Tyson, man. He's rapping like a young Mike Tyson. That's how crazy that album is. Right. That, album, that album is incredible, man. That's another right. one that I stand on, man, for sure. Well, I'm going <laughs> to send you some albums I think you should check out. You just let me know how you like them. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. Send them to your IG, all right? Yeah, hell yeah, do it. <laughs> all right, so this is the last question of this episode. We thank y'all for joining us on the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. If you're joining us on YouTube, please make sure you hit the like, subscribe, share notification bell and all them buttons because we need you to help us make this platform great and this is great because you're joining us on the platform if you are um streaming this on spotify apple podcast anchor fm etc please give us a five star review i'm asking for five if there was 10 i want 10 you know what i'm saying this is a great podcast platform and we're thankful that you're here um, our digital real estate is heritagehiphop.com where everything comes together there. So join us there. Members of heritagehiphop.com get exclusive playlists like the, the Art of Story Rhymes part one that we put out celebrating all the storytellers of hip hop. And we got Heritage Hip Hop playlist number nine, which is some of the new artists and some mainstream artists that we listen to today that we, we would like to share with you. You know what I'm saying? Heritage Hip Hop is available on all social media, even Clubhouse. So you can check us out there. All right, make sure you follow Mr. Caraballo on Street Dreams fanzine at yes, sir. Instagram. Yes, sir. And check out his comic book line because he has some of the craziest books. The Haunted <laughs> House John is like crazy and I love it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate but that, man. Make sure you follow his comic book career too because he's also featured on Heritage Hip Hop on the Blurred Hop, which is our nerd culture of hip-hop which is connected hip-hop to comic book culture video games and things of that nature as well all right yes so my last question is this and we're gonna go out with a bang all right let's do it you have a budget for a ten thousand dollar issue all ten thousand dollars goes into your book 
What is the dream interview, story, or artist you want to expose in that book? <laughs> oh, man. Yo, you know what's funny, man? I get asked this question. This is the, I did a podcast recently and they asked if I had like a dream interview. I don't really have one, man. The the, the people, person I would have loved to have interviewed is Prodigy, man. He he's, he's passed away, unfortunately, man. But if I could, you know, get like a hologram and, you know, we could get Prodigy to give, you know, talk to us from beyond the grave, man, by somehow, some way. I would invest the whole ten thousand into that technology. Okay. <laughs> so, Prodigy yeah. is your is your is your number one of all time. Uh, as of recent years, yeah, he's the the one MC that in time in recent times that I've related to in in many different ways. My favorite MC used to I used to always tell people that that you know I was I'm a whole guy, so you know Jay Z was my favorite. But in the last few years, man, it's really been Prodigy. Prodigy has been my favorite MC. Sidebar, the Hegelian dialect. Hegelian dialect, yeah. How did that hit you, part one, two, and three? Uh, man, so I love that album. It's funny because after he passed away, I realized I didn't have H&IC. And I had went to FYE before it closed. And they had just got a whole box of those Hegelian dialectics and I bought it and now you can't find that album anymore no you can't find it on you can't find it on streaming good luck finding it on Discogs you're gonna pay like 100 dollars on that um that album was incredible I think it was it was his best work man because he was talking about different worldly things like I know you heard that you must have heard the album then that the sound bites that he was taking from I saw that documentary that documentary and that documentary is called um it's called propaganda and there's a whole crazy story behind it where it was made by north korea and it was smuggled out smuggled out of north korea and it was made they don't know the reason behind it they don't know no background to it it was smuggled out of north korea and and it just exposes America, man. It just exposes, like, it makes you just think about things really differently, man. If you, it's on YouTube, man, where it's mm. just it's crazy. If you got time to watch it, man, that's a good one. That was so, when I heard that album, I was like, yo, where is he getting these sound bites from? And, yo, know, I did my Googles and I found it somehow, some way, man. And, yeah. Well, everybody out there, Street Dreams fanzine is not only a publication about hip hop, it's a love dedication to the culture which we all share. So I ask you, please give this magazine your time, invest in it, not only time, but monetarily, because you're going to get something, a piece of art and a work that is worth your time and worth passing down to others who want to know what the culture is. When they ask people to find hip hop for me, we hope that you point them not only to Heritage Hip Hop, but Street Dreams fanzine as well. I appreciate so that. that. So with that being said, this is Karev of Heritage Hip Hop with my man Kay Carabano, my guy, CEO <laughs> of W Comics and of the Street Dreams fanzine. And we both yeah. peace. Yeah. We out. Yeah. Hip Hop is a culture of love. 
And I want to give a shout out to my guest, Kalani Caraballo, for his love for comic books and his love for hip hop. From comic books and mixtape culture to a career in writing, illustrating, and being a creative as well as a creator. And I want to give a shout out to his other show with his partner. Shout out to the Chibata Boys. Make sure you check out the Paperbacks and Soundtracks podcast as well. Amir, what up? So this has been a great show brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. Make sure you follow Kalani on K Caraballo on Instagram. Follow him Street um, Dreams Fanzine on Instagram. Make sure you follow Heritage Hip Hop everywhere. Our digital real estate is HeritageHipHop.com. In the spirit of Blurred Hop, we got a brand new t-shirt out with our brand new superhero, Profit. Check it out on HeritageHipHop.com by clicking on the tab for the merch. We have a new playlist out. I like to say happy holidays to everybody out there that's watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the streaming services. Give us a five-star review on the streaming service of your choice. Make sure you go to YouTube, like, subscribe, share, comment, hit the notification bell, and join the movement that celebrates hip-hop from New Jersey across the entire world. So if you're looking to be on Heritage Hip Hop, you can email me at karev at heritagehiphop.com. If you're looking for someone to help you with your business vision or putting a plan together to help you release a song or work a song or anything, contact me and I will help you with that. We are looking not only to interview artists, but anybody, creatives, authors, politicians, anybody. Because we want to give the world the understanding that hip-hop is not just music. We are individuals who've made the world the hip-hop culture. Once again, this is Karev. I'd like to thank you, thank the Most High, and the opportunity to talk to you this evening. Happy holidays to everybody out there. This is the last show of the year. It seems we might have one more. But until we know for sure... May the most I bless you. Happy holidays. Make sure you visit Heritage Hip Hop for those exclusive playlists, those that merch, and great interviews. And be safe out there because COVID is still rampant. Protect yourself, get your immune systems right, and be safe. We had a lot of death in the world this year, and I would hate for you to join that number. With that being said, may the most I bless you. To everybody out there, we say peace. And we out.